Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Brian O'Neill on the show. Really appreciate it, Brian. Uh, and we're going to be talking about rent to own and how we can leverage this and as a unique strategy to buy and sell real estate. But before I do, as always, I want to make sure everybody has your contact information. So bkwpropertysolutions.com. And Brian is is daring enough to give out his email address. So you can shoot him an email directly at brian at bkwpropertysolutions.com. Really appreciate your time, Brian. And uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, great. Uh, thanks, JD, for having me. Really looking forward to this uh, conversation and, and, and diving in. Well, let's, I always start things off. It's always great to hear how people found their way to real estate investing. So let's start there. Yeah, it's certainly an, an interesting story. So I, I came from corporate America. I was uh, in corporate sales for 25 years. And I worked for the same company for almost 18 years, 17, 17 and a half years. And I was involved in, uh, it was an elevator salesman for for lack of a better uh, phrase. And there's a lot of jokes surrounded by that, but I had I'm no- I'm sure it sales. had its ups and downs. I mean, I get that all the time, but, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Well, I teed you up there pretty nicely, JD, so, and, and you knocked it out of the park, but um, really no experience in real estate, right? It was I had sales experience, and I knew that I, I was always fascinated by doing something in real estate. I just didn't really know where to go, and I was kind of stuck in the, the, the education phase for years and years and years, and, 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 what I, and looking back, I was just too scared. I didn't know what I, didn't know what I was doing. So I, I, you know, I listened to all the podcasts. I've read the books. I, I even kind of acted like an investor. I wanted to do apartment syndications, right? I wanted to buy apartments, and I, I even looked at some properties. I never pulled the trigger. I never made an offer. I just always felt too comfortable and too safe in my W two and what I was doing, even though I knew that I had something and I didn't want to be there. I just didn't really know how to get out. Um, I was really uncomfortable when I was looking at these opportunities investing my own money. And even further, I was even more uncomfortable asking other people, friends, family to invest alongside of me. So it wasn't, so I didn't want to let them down either. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was right around that time where I, I heard a podcast of my current mentor and coach, and I'm a big believer in, in coaching and mentoring, talking about how to buy properties with no money down and none of your own credit. And the light bulb went off. I went right to it. Fast forward a couple of years later, um, and this is what I this is what I do primarily. I'm buying I'm buying properties uh, on terms, lease purchase, owner financing, subject to, and then I'm selling them. I'm providing opportunities to buyers who need time to obtain a bank loan. They can't obtain one right now. They're totally worthy. They're just not there with the bank loan, and and that's what we do here at BKW. Sure, and you kind of focus in the Chicago area, right? The greater Chicago land area, yes. Yeah. So there's 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 a lot of properties here. Yep. Yeah. So you know, th this is a great example of, uh, you know, it it almost anytime you approach this, it it almost sounds too good to be true when it comes to 
you know, getting these properties under contact contract, you know, selling on terms, buying on terms and then selling on terms. Uh, but I, I keep bringing up the concept of whatever you focus on is what grows. And, and this is a great focus. I mean, once you get the hang of this and, and the concept of this, it really can be very fruitful. I would agree with you, and it is. And you know, further to that, you're also, and I wasn't expecting this when I got into real estate, you're providing solutions for buyers and sellers. You know, I mean, I went through a personal experience uh, six years ago, my wife and I, where we couldn't sell our house. We couldn't, we just couldn't sell it. And we had committed to buy another property. And, you know, the strategy was essentially, well, we're going to continue to lower the price until someone raises their hand and says, hey, hey, I'm, I'll buy it at that price. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, our equity essentially evaporated. You know, we were expecting to get one number, I'll share it. It was $40,000. We walked away with four. And it went to everybody. We got the scraps, right? Like it went to the realtors. It went to the title company, the attorneys. Everybody else got the money except for us. And it, the light bulb kind of went off. Then it said, "Like I was thinking that there's, I could have done that. Like there's got to be a better way to do this." I didn't know what it was at the time. Now I know, right. and that's why I dedicate you know this business. I have a podcast also that we educate people on how on all of the available options when you're buying and or selling your home because most people don't know. They all think, "Hey, look." I'm going to go hire an agent. I'm going to get a bunch of pictures taken, put a sign in the yard and hope and pray for the best. And it doesn't always work out that way. Well, you better share your podcast name now since you you mentioned it. I I didn't know you had a podcast. It's called A Better Way with Real Estate, and it's dedicated to educating buyers and sellers navigate through the many challenges and hurdles associated with selling your home. It's confusing. Um, and it can be, it's emotional. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Your, Your home for most people in America or, or for any country that matter, uh, buying your your home is likely going to be the biggest decision you're going to make in your life from a financial standpoint. And then, what I believe to be more important, the emotional piece. You know, uh, there's so many emotions that tied tied to your house, and you combine the two of those, and it can it can be super stressful, um, especially if you're not getting what you want out of it. So we've 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 dedicated the show to educate. You know, people on both ends, both sides, and we bring on realtors, we bring on investors, we bring on inspectors, um, attorneys. You know, just going through the whole process because there's so much to there's so much to know. And then we talk about some of the alternative solutions of how you can how you can sell your sell your property and buy if you're not quite ready for a, for a bank loan today. Sure. Well, let's let's start at the beginning of how this how a transaction like this would work. You know, let's let's start on the buying. The buying side, you're you're probably marketing into your into your area just like any other real estate investor, whether it's yellow letters or pay per click and a variety of other other things. Yeah. But I would guess that when you're talking to potential sellers, you know you're you're going to try to get it under contract here. Now, there probably takes a little bit more. Time, does it is it fair to say it takes a little bit more time to educate them on this selling option? It it definitely can, and you know, it was interesting because I was I was at a seller's house yesterday, and they had not heard of this, so I had to kind of go over exactly how the process would work. And I have this I have these conversations all the time. I mean, when I talk to somebody about a terms transaction or a lease lease purchase, you know, I I know it I, I know it very fluently, but for someone who's hearing for the first time, it's like, well, wait a second, like you said in the beginning of the interview, this sounds too good to be true. 
So what we're typically doing, uh, JD, is we're, 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 we're talking to sellers who are actively trying to sell their house on the market. They're either on with a realtor, for sale by owner, maybe they're for rent by owner, they're trying to sell their property. And for whatever reason, they can't, you know, maybe, um, maybe the price is too high. Maybe, you know, I've, ha- I've heard all kinds of stories, you know, it was on a corner lot or the kitchen's too small or it's dated. You know, you get all these different, you get all these different stories, but the houses are fine. They're just not selling conventionally. And then there's a specific problem associated with that inability to sell, meaning, for example, I bought another house and I have to move there and I can't be faced with the with having to pay two mortgage payments or I just want to relocate to be near my family. I need to be done with this house. Maybe you're upside down on your house or you have such a small equity position that you might have to write a check at the closing table to get out from under it, which is just crazy. You don't have to do that. So these are the types of problems that we talk that we solve. And, and the types of individuals that we talk to on the on the seller side. Mm-hmm. So on the seller side, what are what are some of those typical objections that you've run into? Yeah, I mean the the, the first one is the typical one is no. Like if if I ask you, know, hey, if we could if we could structure something that makes sense for you and uh, you know solve that specific problem, Mister or Mrs. Seller, would you be open to this? No. And then I just say, okay. and, and the no is typically because they don't know what I just asked them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's typically just having to, to, to have a, a conversation further and just say, okay, well, what was it about I just said to you that, didn't, that doesn't make sense? And then they kind of reveal like, like, well, I don't really know what that is. So that's when the education piece comes in and you have to talk to them. And because I think you would ask, you know, does this happen quickly? While it can, no, it doesn't. You normally have to educate send some information, have multiple conversations, you know, meet with them and make them feel comfortable because again, it's their house, right? It's the emotional and the financial decision. So that's common common objection number one is just flat out no. The other, the other, the other biggest objection, and normally I just tell them, okay, look, this isn't going to be a good fit. If a seller needs their money to move to the next property, like I'm not the best, I'm not your guy. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have the ability to wait or you have these other problems where, you know, you can't cover two mortgage payments, then we're a great option. But if you just need to go buy the next house and take the equity out, then it's not a good fit. Right. And and does it does it this seems to be ideal for those people individuals, like you said, that are are looking for a certain amount for their house. And if they can defer the the gratification a little bit, um, you set up the plan in order to essentially hit hit their personal goals. Uh, the gratification is a great word. I sh- I think I might start using that. But no, you hit it you hit it right on the head there. So I mean, let's just say hypothetically you have so an example always makes sense. Let's just say hypothetically you have a uh, your house is worth $300,000 and you have a loan balance of $200,000. Well, if there were no if there were no realtor fees or closing costs or any of those associated fees, you got a hundred thousand in equity that you're looking at, right? So our goal is to protect as much of that for the seller as possible. And how we do that is number one, we don't charge fees or commissions. So your realtor commission goes away. And then you're just essentially agreeing upon whatever that number is, the equity position, a length of time, like how long can you wait for this, ideally? And then, and then, and then we have an agreement 
We take over the responsibilities associated with the home. So we're paying that mortgage every month. If there's any maintenance or repairs or, or damage to the property, we cover that taxes, insurance. And then it's just a matter of, okay, we're delaying the gratification, as you said. So in three, four, five years, whatever it is, you're going to get that number and the house is going to get cashed out. Sure. So is that is that uh, something that you set up with the buyer at that point where they have to essentially replace the mortgage or or buy you out in in a way uh, by a certain amount of of years? You said three to five. Is that typical? Correct. So if I have a so the, the there's two separate pieces here in that type of a, of a transaction. So maybe I have a five year term with the seller. Right, I have five years to fulfill my obligation to them. If once I place a buyer in the home, a, a buyer who needs time to obtain financing, typically those terms terms are shorter. They're typically twenty four months because most people, even people who are in bankruptcies, can get their situation repaired within twenty four to thirty months on average if they do the right things. So when that happens, when the buyer that we place in the home gets their financing, then we're able to complete the entire transaction uh, and fulfill the obligation to the seller. Sure. And that's what the win-win-win situation. And, and just to remind everybody, bkwpropertysolutions.com. You can uh, hit Brian up at brian at bkwpropertysolutions.com if you have questions regarding this strategy, because I know uh, Brian does is a mentor himself and can help you uh, plan this out a little bit for you. So Brian now let's 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 talk about the the meat of it here now. Everybody's trying to probably listening to this show is trying to wrap their brains around the concept now that you're going to be selling this also on terms. Is that a lease option or is it like a contract for deed or a land contract? And um how do you make your money? It can be all of those, correct? So depending on the agreement that I have with the seller, yeah, it can be. I can I can sell it on a rent to own to it to a buyer. Uh, if I own the property, meaning that I have the deed to the house, and there are ways to do that with terms, whether I'm, I'm buying on owner financing or subject to an existing loan that's in place. If I own the property now, I can sell it on. I can be the bank. I can sell it on seller financing. Um, and and give a, give a, a a buyer a longer term uh, scenario. So um, typically, what we do, and I I think I missed the rest of your question there. I answered part one. What was the second part? Well, I was I'm curious, you know, and a lot of people are trying to make a sense of how they make money at this. Like, right, you're kind of the middleman there now. How do you make your make Correct. your how do I how does Brian make money? I, I certainly don't do this for free, but even though I I love helping people. Um, there's normally there's a there's a premium associated with what I buy the house for from the seller and what I sell it to uh, sell it to the third party uh, buyer for because again I'm locking in their price for a period out in the future typically two years so there's a premium associated there the buyers will give us and this is why I love this business because this is different from from renting is the buyers act as buyers. They just need time. So everything is everything is as if they're buying the house. They're just the bank loan comes later. So they're putting down uh down payments uh anywhere from 5 to 10%, sometimes more of the purchase price of the home, and that's non-refundable if they don't do what they're supposed to do. We set up a plan for them to be successful while they're in the house. That's what we refer to as payday number 1. And number 2, 
payday number two, by the way, these are all trademarked by uh, by Smart Real Estate Coach by my mentor, Chris. And payday number two is the, the monthly spread. So they're paying a lease payment to live in the home. And there's typically, you know, anywhere from, depending on the house, it could be anywhere from $150 to $500 per month of, of a monthly spread each month that you would get. Then the third payday is the back end cash out when the buyer gets their loan. So as we're paying the loan every month for the seller, there's principal. So we have the principal pay down. And then we have the difference in the premium that I mentioned, uh, the difference between what we sell it for versus what we bought it for less the down payment. So those are the three different ways that, uh, that you can create, um, create uh, income by buying these properties again with no money down and none of your own credit. So, and then the, the initial seller, how are they benefiting from that? Are you, are you splitting that, let's say the down payment and then the monthly payments? And, you know, you, you mentioned you're paying their underlying debt, but are they seeing any, any, any of that additional benefit too? Typically, no. There are some scenarios where, where we would. Um, sometimes a seller needs a little bit of money to move on, especially if we're taking their house subject to their existing loan. But typically, no. They're getting more f- and getting their price for deferring, for deferring it to a later period of time. So w- when we have the discussions like, do you want less now or more later? Sure. Yeah. So, but Great so question. It, so it, make, it makes sense that they would do this typically to remove that financial obligation is is the end up driving purpose it is you're you you are solving a problem um whether they have another property or they need to move on or they just want to be done with the house or they're behind i mean with forbearance you know with uh with with covid so many people were behind on their on their loans on their mortgages and we've helped several sellers get out of that so i mean that was a that's a huge problem that 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 it still exists today and uh, you know, I, I I believe that we still haven't seen the full extent of what the damage could be here with that, um, where people there are millions of people who are behind on their on their mortgages. So that it's a specific problem. You know, if you have a seller who is in a great financial position, you know they may not be willing to wait for their money, um, or, or 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 may not need to. They're just going to go the conventional route. There has to be some type of motivation. For the seller to do this, and I always say that to them as well. Like, look, if if you need this money now, like I'm not, it's not me. I'm not the guy. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you some advice as what to do. Right. So, and then you you you're pretty much asking for a fairly large down payment when when the person comes. Then you you said what was it, ten fifteen percent? Yeah, and in some cases it's north of that too. And there's a few reasons that that we do that. As number one, you know we're they've had a life of that, right? So we're either talking about individuals who are self-employed. I mean, we work with a lot of people who are self-employed. I work with a lot of single moms as well. And they've either had a life event like a divorce. I mean, a divorce can really damage your credit, right? Mm -hmm. Medical bills, like a medical event can really set you back. And it doesn't necessarily make you any less worthy of buying a house if everything else is there, like the income is there, the down payment is there. You're just missing this, this, this key component, being able to qualify for the bank loan. So we set them up as if they're um, getting the loan right now. It's just going to happen in a year or maybe, tw- or maybe 24 mm-hmm. months. So that's why we do that. That's why we, we want to make sure that this is the house they want to buy. And we put them in the best position to win 
And that's why the 10%, I mean, you're going to get the best loan product if you're 10% or higher. Sure. And then you, with, with that, um, it probably incentivizes them. It makes them more sticky. You know, if you're, they're putting some skin in the game at that, at that level too, to make sure that they, they stick to it. hundred uh, percent. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because there's, there's certainly a difference. I have, I have nothing negative to say about landlords. There's a lot of investors out there. They're doing great things with rentals. I can't fix a toilet. I can't fix anything, right? I, and, and nor do I want to. And that they're, they're responsible for the maintenance. So they they are acting as the homeowner. You know, they're not calling you in the middle of the night saying, "Hey, this is broken." You know, the you got to you got to come fix this. We set those expectations up front, and and make sure that they understand that this is a. And when you find that perp that buyer that perfect buyer, it's like that's how it is. Like you don't you don't really hear from them. You know, they're not they're they're not calling you. Um, and they're and they're paying on time. They're incentivized to get there because, like you said, they have significant skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So, let's say two to five years later, the mm-hmm. the the buyer is getting a loan, a traditional loan. Are they typically having to come with more money at that point, or how does that how does that work for the down payment and in getting that loan established? Or do you have some banking relationships you introduce them to? How do how do yeah. you help them there? Good question. The the answer is yes. I mean, they're free. We 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 can help them with the banking relationships. Um, they're free to use whoever they want, uh, and we definitely encourage that. We, we we can we can provide them with our with our preferred uh, mortgage lenders, if you will. Normally, especially for a first time home buyer situation, and that's really kind of the lane that we live in is most of these folks have never purchased a house before. So they're first time home buyers. So there's a lot of programs available to them. You know, you have FHA and if they're veterans, you have a VA loan. So there's a lot of great products out there. It's just a matter of making sure that they're doing the right things. You know, if they need credit repair, we put them in credit repair, we hold them accountable. Um, we make sure that all their deposits are sourced properly so that when we give them to the bank, they can see that they made all these down payments. And then same for the for the lease payments that they're paying every month. To your question about having to pay more, you know, that's typically not the case if they're in a 10% situation and we appropriately price the house. Like we're not mm-hmm. trying to overprice the property to try to get greedy. We want to put them in a position to win. So by the time that they do go to a loan, there's enough equity in the house for them to to satisfy whatever bank standard. Yeah, and sometimes there there's more. I mean, in recent years here, with the way the market's been going, you know, you walk into a house and 12 months later, it's like you didn't even do anything to it, and you're walking into equity. They're also allowed to do improvements to the house. We allow that. So while they're in the house, they can update the kitchen, they can do painting, they can update the bathrooms, and any appreci- any price appreciation gain from that is theirs to keep. Sure. And then it is there any limitations on the, those type of improvements? I can't imagine you allowing them to knock down a wall and putting on an addition or something. You know, that's a bit on the extreme side, but <laughs> we typically just want to know what they're doing. And then if they were to do something like that, obviously it would have to be, you know, done the right way, permitted and, and with uh, licensed uh, contractors. Um it's it's really a case by case. Most people are doing kitchens and bathrooms and flooring and painting, um, and they might you know do some landscaping and whatnot. But knocking down walls is is kind of a rare thing. 
So, you, you, I, you know, I, I was hoping you can kind of give us a little glimpse into your marketing then. Are, are most of these people coming to you via word of mouth, uh, you know, as a seller? You know, are they coming to you word of mouth? Are you doing mailings? Are you pay-per-click? How are they finding you for that sure. initial conversation? Exactly. So again, I we are we are we are calling sellers who are actively trying to sell. So when their listing agreement uh, expires or they cancel it or withdraw it with their agent, we get notified and we reach out to them. You know, and and same with a for sale by owner. Same with a for rent by owner. Like we're actively trying to sell. I do. We do targeted mailings as well. We look at you know certain certain areas and you know uh, there's there's ways to look at you know you can use a tool like a prop stream and you know pull pull lists and do mailings and you know and, and look in certain areas that that meet the types of houses that you want to buy. But mostly on a daily basis, me and my team are talking to people who are actively trying to sell and trying sure. to solve specific specific pain pain points. So it's it's calling, it's texting, uh, it is mailing, and it's just you know. It, it, sure, we have other vehicles and avenues where people are coming to us because they they know us and they've they've heard about us. But mostly, it's the outgoing. And I don't I don't want to give the impression that this is going to be easy. So, how many people do you typically have to talk to to find that one that is open to this strategy? Yeah, for me, what we refer to as a lead, which is someone who hasn't you know completely shut the door, they're open to it. That number is about 30, 35, 35 leads before we get a house under agreement, uh, which is they, they've agreed to, 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 to enter into this terms uh, scenario. Uh, and then we go out and we can market the property to, to, to the buyers. Right. So one last time, just to remind everybody, head over to bkwpropertysolutions.com for more information. What was your uh, podcast again, if they'd want to tune in? Yeah, thanks for that, JD. It's it's called a better way with real estate. A better way with real estate. Yeah, this this is quite the strategy, and you know we could spend untold hours unpacking this. So this is something that if you really want to get good at, I would really advise talking to Brian and his team um, on how to get this properly set up because there's there is definitely a lot of moving parts, including you know we haven't even touched on the pos- on what you do in servicing these after the fact. I mean, now you have this these pro- this property under contract and you're you're sending out payments to one bank and receiving payments from the buyer and and how you you handle all of that. I mean, that's probably a whole episode there. Yeah, it's um, you know, I have a great team. So we 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 manage that well and again, you know, our buyers are are just it's just a different mentality. Again, I'm not saying anything negative about renters. There's great renters out there, but buyers are like, you know, the 30th hits that their, their payments are in, right? And then we make sure that we're fulfilling our obligation to the seller and to the buyer. Like we need to make sure we're making the mortgage payments and keeping keeping everything current there so that you know they can they can do what they signed up for, which is hey, I'm gonna buy this house. And that's an exciting thing. I mean, I go off on a bit of a tangent here, but I say this all the time. I mean, it, it's I bought several houses in, in in my in my life and sold. I've never really gotten emotional 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 about any of them, right? I've had I've handed keys to people who have cried. You know, they've hugged me. You know, and it's mm-hmm. you can tell it means a lot to them because they didn't have another alternative, right? They they've been renting. They just thought this is me. Like I just like I can't fix my credit or I'm self-employed. I don't show enough income. 
you know, now you, they have an opportunity to to buy a house and it just means so much to them. And it's cool to see that. Like that's something about this business that I didn't expect was mm-hmm. to be able to impact people's lives. Yeah. I, I'm sure there isn't any lack of interested buyers on the, on that end. No, there isn't. I mean, you, you wouldn't, you, the, it's, and the numbers are really staggering, especially with, with self-employed. I mean, there's most, and most people don't know this. Okay. And if you think about it, then it would start to make sense. But when you are list, when you are on the MLS and you're selling conventionally, you're dealing with a very small pool of buyers, people who are pre-qualified, and then you have everybody else. And the people who can't qualify for a loan represents, depending on what market you're in, anywhere from 65 up to you know, 70, 75% can't qualify for a loan. So, but there's plenty within that percentage that are capable from an income standpoint and a down payment standpoint. They just need time. Mm-hmm. And out of those 75%, how many do you find that would have the savings enough to have that down payment ready for you? Yeah, I, I, it, it's a, it certainly is a low, a lower percentage, but that's what you're looking for. You know, that's what mm-hmm. we're searching for is those people who we can, who can, who, who can, we can help and who are there, you know, and we're not judging them on a three digit number, the credit score. Um, we're just setting up a plan to get them, get them to the finish line. Absolutely. And for those who are not quite there, you know, like, let's just say, hypothetically, we're requiring a, a 10, a $10,000 down payment and somebody's got six, you know, we encourage them like, look, get on our, get on our list, keep saving. You're doing the right things. You're almost there. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a great way to, to get this done. I mean, uh, I'm sure you have a, essentially a buyer's list. <laughs> it's just the end person, the end uh, person that's going to be living in it versus holding it as a rental or something. We all have in real estate investing, we all have buyer's lists, but your your buyer's list is just slightly different. Yeah, it is. And 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 there's plenty that raise their hand and say like, I love this program. Like this is a great opportunity for me, but this particular house you have isn't going to work for me and my family. And that's sure. okay. The next one could. Well, I, again, uh, one last time, bkwpropertysolutions.com. Uh, Brian, this has been a great conversation. And like I said, we could probably spend another half an hour talking about this. Um, And I warned you it was coming. Is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today? Yeah. You know, you really asked great questions. I hope that uh, I hope that the listeners have a better understanding of what these terms transactions look like. I would just hit on two, 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 two things. Um, The first being my, if you listen to my story at the beginning, um, and you have any doubts about becoming an investor or whatever it is, you want to be a business owner, you want to do your own thing and leave your W-2, I can tell you that it is possible. I believe in a couple things, uh, and that is you know, having belief in yourself. And then if you once you find the lane that you want to go down, whether it's real estate or whatever it is, find someone that's done it and do exactly what they did. Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel. It's that, it truly is that simple. That's what I did when I, when I, hired, my, when I, got, when I hired my coach. The second thing is I just go, I just continue to go back when you're talking about your primary residence or any property that you own really is there's just, there's not only one way to do it, right? You have options and you can get educated. You know, you can listen to this podcast. You can listen to my podcast. Just take the, take the initiative and the incentive to get educated because this is not a decision selling, buying your home to be taken lightly and just blindly trust somebody. Yeah. 
No, that's great advice. And it kind of leads to to the tagline of this show. You know, we I've said it time and time again. You can put in the 10,000 hours and become an expert, or you can learn from those who have already made that investment. And this is a great example of that again. Again, it is Brian at bkwpropertysolutions.com. I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes. But uh, really appreciate your time, Brian. This was great. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, great interview. Thanks so much. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.